Welcome to another episode of the Luxury Weekly. Today is Monday, June 21st, the first day of summer. It's also the longest day of the year, and of course, it had to fall on a Monday, which, you know, every Monday usually feels like the longest day ever, in my opinion. 1. Business of Fashion and McKinsey released a special edition of their annual State of Fashion report, this time focusing on fine jewelry and watches. Fine jewelry is expected to increase by 3-4% annually and watches by 1-3%. Demand is expected to increase from younger consumers as well as in domestic markets amid continuing restrictions on international travel and the rise of domestic duty-free zones in China. Sales in Asia are expected to grow 10-14% annually for branded fine jewelry and up to 4% per year for watches. Asia, and especially China, is the biggest regional market, accounting for 45% of global fine jewelry sales and 50% for watches. The report highlights three major changes which will impact the fine jewelry industry. First of all, online channels will keep growing and account for 18-21% to 21% of the market by 2025. The second trend is the advent of branded jewelry. At the moment, it only accounts for 20% of the market, but this share is expected to grow to 25-30% to 30% of the market by 2025. The third trend is sustainability. By 2025, an estimated 20-30% to 30% of global jewelry sales will be influenced by sustainably-minded consumers. Let's look at the three trends impacting the watches industry now. The first one is the growing shift towards DTC models, which will challenge the historical control of distribution and customer experience by multi-brand watch retailers. It's expected that $2.4 billion in annual revenues are set to transfer from multi-brand retailers to brands by 2025. The second trend is the second-hand market, which is expected to become the industry's fastest-growing segment, reaching $29 to $32 billion of sales by 2025. Finally, the third trend to watch is the squeeze of the mid-market segment, which faces increased competition from agile DTC brands, smart watches, and also fashion brands. Consumers are also trading up into the luxury segment. Revenue from mid-market brands could decline by $2.5 billion by 2025. 2. Chanel published their annual financial report and there are some key takeaways. Revenues decreased by 18% in 2020 to reach $10 billion. Operating profit declined by 41% to reach $2 billion. In spite of these results, Chanel invested $1.1 billion during the pandemic. The brand is optimistic for an improvement in profitability and has prioritized heavy investment in client-facing retail, creative collections, and big store revamps. This is reminiscent of the 2008 crisis when Chanel was famous for using the analogy that when a plane goes through turbulences, it flies higher above the clouds, and Chanel's answer to the crisis back then was to increase prices. Fast forward to 2020, thanks to a strong cash position, Chanel increased their investment by 45% compared to 2019. These investments include new client-facing tools like concierge shopping services and an app linking existing clients with fashion advisors. Other investments including store upgrades, including the purchase of its new Bond Street store in London, a new fashion, watches and fine jewelry store in Beverly Hills planned for next year, a new Paris manufacturing hub for artisans called 19M, as well as creative collections and an ongoing commitment to sustainability. 
Three, Neiman Marcus announced that they will invest $500 million over the next three years to refresh stores and improve digital business. The investment includes an agreement to acquire Stylize Inc., a startup that curates outfits for customers based on their past purchases and browsing history. Reminder, Neiman Marcus came out of bankruptcy protection in September after eliminating $4 billion of debt. It still has $1 billion of debt, but its cash availability rose to $830 million compared to only $130 billion last year. Even though Neiman Marcus no longer reports public financial results, they shared a few key numbers. Comp sales for the February to April period rose 44% compared with the same period in 2020. However, if we compare to 2019, sales were down 7%. E-commerce sales represented about 30% of total revenue, rising 1.6% from 2019. Finally, Neiman Marcus posted a $116 million EBITDA compared with a loss of $49 million a year ago. 4. Gucci published their first environmental and social impact report, which tracks results and lists actions taken to generate positive change for people and the planet. As a reminder, Gucci has been publishing an environmental P&L since 2015 and has made their results public since 2019 at the website equilibrium.gucci.com. When it comes to reducing greenhouse emissions and lowering its overall impact, Gucci has already achieved its objective four years ahead of schedule. 93% of the energy they consume is renewable, and they achieved 95% traceability of their materials. On the social impact side, the brand declared that 57% of its management positions around the world were filled by women. Gucci also raised $17 million to support hundreds of initiatives around the world, which have positively impacted more than 28,000 women. In the US, the brand launched a $5 million fund to promote social good and racial justice in diverse communities. 5. In beauty, Unilever acquired skincare brand Paula's Choice for an undisclosed amount. The deal is expected to close in Q3 of 2021. Founded in 1995 by Paula Begun, Paula's Choice is a direct-to-consumer brand known for its ingredient transparency and online ingredient glossary of more than 4,000 ingredients and expert advice. It's considered a pioneer in both science-backed products and DTC e-commerce. Distributed around the world, the brand also has strategic partnerships with prestige retailers in North America, Europe and Asia. The strategic objective for Unilever is to develop their portfolio in the high-growth premium skincare segment. Paula's Choice will fall under the umbrella of Unilever Prestige, a subset of brands that also houses Kate Somerville, Dermalogica, Murad and Tatcha, among others. 6. On the sustainability front, Stella McCartney's latest collection is the most sustainable she has ever made, called Autumn, it's made from 80% of eco-conscious materials. The brand also launched a new campaign to support the collection. It's called Our Time Is Now and depicts a fantasy world where animals roam freely amongst humans while wearing luxury garments. As part of their campaign, models were dressed as cute human-sized animals, wearing products from the new collection and walking around London's most iconic places. 
The brand has been leather and fur-free since inception. To put its mission in perspective, Stella McCartney has sold more than 1 million units of her iconic Falabella vegan bag, launched in 2009. If it was made of leather, it would have needed the hides of 400,000 cows. I think it's interesting and important to highlight that type of factoid as it really shows what's at stake. Then, Gucci introduced the first pair of vegan sneakers made from animal-free materials called Demitra. It's derived from sustainable, renewable and bio-based sources and offers the same kind of finish and performance as leather. Two models are now offered using this material, the Riton and New Ace sneakers. Fabric innovation and alternative sourcing remain one of the fashion industry's most urgent and important calls to action in the face of climate change. Finally, Nike also introduced five sneaker models made of Pignatex instead of leather. Pignatex is a plant-based alternative to leather crafted by using pineapple leaves. Called the Happy Pineapple Collection, the sneakers offer enhanced performance in addition to being 95% renewable. The company behind Pignatex, Ananas Anam, prevented 825 tons of leaves from being burned by using the waste of pineapple harvesting. 7. Victoria's Secret announced a fundamental repositioning effort in hopes to revitalize the brand after its market shares in the US fell from 32% of the women's undergarment market in 2015 to 21% in 2020. Sales have slowed down over the past years and the company has been criticized for its lack of inclusivity, diversity and its standardized vision of the woman's body. After canceling its show in 2019, it has now replaced its famous angel models with advocates and changemakers under a newly formed group called the VS Collective. This group is composed of accomplished women who share a common passion to drive positive change, such as soccer star Megan Rapinoe, actress Priyanka Chopra, South Sudanese refugee Adut Akesh, or model activist Valentina Sampaio, to name a few. Victoria's Secret will also launch a new podcast series and the VS Global Fund for Women's Cancers to fund research and invest in women scientists. Victoria's Secret will grant an award at least $5 million annually to address racial and gender inequities. 8. On the tech front, you know how much I love updating you every week on NFTs and the metaverse. Burberry shows once again their pioneering spirit by announcing a partnership with Mythical Games to participate in their game called Blanco's Block Party. If you are not familiar with it, this game is an open-world multiplayer video game which features NFT vinyl toys known as Blancos, which users can collect, upgrade and sell. The collaboration will launch in July, and if it's successful, we can expect that Burberry will continue to explore and navigate the NFT market. 9. LVMH signed a historic partnership with Google Cloud to power its innovation through cloud technology and AI capabilities. This cross-functional effort will help accelerate innovation in multiple business units and domains at LVMH. In operations, work will be done around demand forecasting and inventory optimization. On the customer side, new solutions will be developed to enhance the customer experience and personalize it. 
LVMH will also leverage the partnership to improve its IT infrastructure and will be supported by Google Cloud through upskilling and certification programs. 10. To finish the week, another news from LVMH caught my attention. They created a 30 million euro fund to help employees facing difficult times due to the pandemic. Called the LVMH Heart Fund, it's open to all 150,000 employees around the world and it's accessible through an anonymous hotline. The idea stemmed from a consultation that the group led last summer during which they asked employees how they were doing. In the words of the head of HR at LVMH, the pandemic started the era of soft skills leadership, where it becomes critical for top management to display genuine care, interest and solidarity for all their employees. Of course, it's always easier said than done, and it makes for a good marketing story, but I believe it's a highly needed initiative, which hopefully will be copied by many companies. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't hesitate to let me know if I forgot any kind of news. Have a good week and stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs>